If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down. Welcome to Create Like the Greats. I'm your host, Ross Simmons, and the founder of CEO and Foundation Marketing, and we work with some of the most ambitious brands in SaaS. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm uh, I'm going to be today diving into what we call our journal entries. These are a glimpse behind the scenes, a glimpse behind the scenes into my life, my day-to-day, and the things that I do as I lead a company to achieve, hopefully, something great. Today, we're going to talk about what I did last week. Last week, I flew into Miami and I attended Brand Week. Today's episode, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Typically, I'd jump on here and I'd give you a glimpse into my thoughts and my opinions on how that whole thing went. And I'd share with you the behind the scenes of the entire experience and the entire event, just me riffing on the microphone, giving you my MO, my perspective. But I wanted to try something a little bit different today. I wanted to have someone interview me about my experience at Bram Week. But it turns out I didn't really know who I could get to do that interview. So I decided that I was going to do it with a twist. I was going to ask ChatGPT to identify a handful of questions that would be worth asking, gave it a little bit of a rundown on what I did, where I went, and what I kind of talk about during my panel and the event at large, and asked it to craft a few questions that it thought might be relevant. And then I'll read through those questions and then answer them. Typically, that would be where it would start and end. I'd just go through those questions and talk to you with them. But instead, I decided that I was going to bring a host onto the show. I decided that I was going to bring Matilda to join me in having this conversation. Now you might be wondering, who in the world, Ross, is Matilda? We don't know Matilda. You've never introduced Matilda before. Is this a new person on your team? Kind of. But Matilda is also an AI, just like ChatGPT, except it's a voice synthetic. I used a tool called Eleven Labs to actually turn the questions into a voice. And today, that is exactly what you're gonna hear. You're gonna hear a conversation between me and Matilda as we dive in to my experience at Brand Week. And I hope that you enjoy this dialogue. Let's get into it. To start off, can you give our listeners a brief overview of what the Brand Week conference is and its significance in the marketing world? Yeah, so Brand Week is a conference that has been around for quite some time. Uh, it's one of my favorite conferences. Uh, I've, it was actually my first time attending, but it's one of my favorite conferences in the sense that it's been around for so long that it has had a major impact on the lives of many marketers and many creators. I can remember when I first got started in marketing, a lot of people don't realize this, but while I spend a lot of time today in the digital marketing realm, I got my start in the creative agency side. And as a creative agency, and as an individual trying to break into advertising, I kind of viewed myself as wanting to be the next madman. I got into that space and I just obsessed over Adweek and their content. Adweek happens to host Brand Week. So I spent pretty much every day for probably two years reading every publication, every piece of content that Adweek was producing. And I did this because I wanted to, again, just level up and improve my understanding of the space. I wanted to accelerate my growth internally at a creative agency. So when I was around the water table or water cooler, sitting around at the lunch table talking with colleagues and friends, 
that I could actually speak to some of the things happening in the industry at a very high level. Um, and early on, being fresh out of school, I didn't really have a way to do that. So for me, this experience was somewhat full circle. It was full circle in the sense that the people who were in the audience, some of them are probably in the same shoes that I was when I first got started in my career. When I first got started, I had no connections in advertising. I had no connections in the creative world. I didn't even know that there was a difference between a creative and a suit. And some of you might not know what that is, but essentially in advertising and creative agencies in particular, there's essentially two sides of the business. There's the creative side, which is the designers, the creators, the writers, uh, copy editors, creative directors, people who get to think very, very, very creatively. And then there's the suits, so to call them, which is essentially account managers, people who manage the relationship with clients, manage deadlines, manage budgets, and things like that. I always found it weird. And the reason why I always found it weird was because I found myself in the middle. And I'll never forget when someone was like, Ross, but you didn't go to school to learn copywriting. You didn't go to school to learn how to design. Like, you have to be a suit. I was like, ah. I don't believe that. I'm not, I'm not a believer into that idea that you can just say like you're one or the other, or at least I didn't feel like I am one or the other. So I've created my own lane in digital and digital strategy where I got to come up with my own ideas and come up with my own creative as well as come up with the actual suit elements of managing a project, managing a um, budgets, all of that good stuff. And eventually I turned off and created my own company where I get to do both the best of both worlds. But that whole concept for me was always interesting and unique. I think uh, that was always a, a fascinating part of the industry. So long story getting a little bit longer. What is Brand Week and what's the significance to the marketing world? It's essentially a week where some of the brightest minds in the creative industry come together. There were CMOs from some of the top companies, CMO of like Coca-Cola, Kraken, the crypto exchange, um, Berries, like some of the top brands in the world were all there. And I had a chance to meet some pretty cool people, right? I had a chance to meet Carmelo Anthony. I had a chance to meet um, some other great minds in the marketing world. Um, I sat on this panel with uh, Lola, who's a brilliant mind, uh, the team at Purdue. I even had a chance to like connect with people who, for on a day-to-day -day basis, sell products that we use as humans on a day-to-day. -day. And this is this is for them common, right? But because I work exclusively in B2B and a lot of my clients sell pixels, it was very interesting to walk into a room and someone say, hey, you ever hear of the snot sucker? And it turns out like that's what they sell. Um, some of you are like, what? what's a snot sucker? It's a product for babies. And all the dads and all the moms listening will, will know what I mean. Um, but this conference really brings some of the, the best minds. I made some great connections, great contacts, had an amazing time. That answer got a little bit long, but essentially the significance for me is this event kind of put the icing on the cake for, for my early days of what I studied, what I used to kind of break into the industry. Uh, and it was really cool. It was really cool to have the opportunity to be there. So uh, major kudos to the Adweek team. Thank you for having me in. Uh, thank you for the Purdue folks for, for inviting me to join their, uh, their panel. Um, had a great time. Your panel was titled The Future Marketer. What inspired you to agree to speak on this topic? Yeah, The Future Marketer was crafted in many ways by uh, the Purdue team. When I saw the title, I got excited. I got excited because I think the future marketer today 
is very, very interesting. It's interesting because I believe it's going to be an augmented marketer. Even here, right? Like we're listening to this podcast and we're listening to a human talk to an AI. And the human just so happened to think a few minutes ago that they should use an AI to host this interview. That to me is what the future looks like. It looks like marketers who are willing to augment themselves and to get creative with their augmentation strategies to unlock amazing results, new levels of results. So for me, what inspired me to speak on this topic was simple. I knew that at Brand Week, there were going to be a lot of brilliant minds, a lot of brilliant minds who are some just getting started in the industry. And if I can give them an insight into the future, the same way that I used Adweek to get an insight into the future when I first got started, then it will be worth it. Because I want the next generation to not view AI as the enemy. I want them to view it as something that they can use as their Iron Man suit. They can throw that thing on and they can do more, they can be more, and they can get more because they embrace the technology. Is there downsides? No question about it. But when I think about the future marketer, I want people to really tap into this idea of augmentation and it being something that they can use to be better in the future. Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with your customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. It's kind of like trying to remember the name of the guy that you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron? Was it Don? Was it John or Sean? Who knows, right? It's like that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution program, at least. It brings service and success together in one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI-powered help desk and an AI chatbot that helps handle frontline tickets fast. Plus, it comes with a customer success workspace that helps your reps anticipate customers' needs. And a full 360 view of every customer so you can go to market and your go-to-market team can have a pulse on the accounts before you try to upsell or cross-sell. Also, you can scale, support, drive retention, and revenue. And you know what that means. Better service, happier customers at every single stage of the journey. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more with your customers today. One of the key takeaways from the panel was the importance of embracing diversity in our communities and spaces. Can you elaborate on why this is so crucial for the future of marketing? Yeah, I think for me... This idea kind of stemmed from the future marketer, because when I first got started in marketing, there wasn't a lot of marketers that I could look up to that looked like me. When I got into the industry, I can remember spending hours trying to find marketers who had, who were black, right? I, I spent a lot of time trying to find them and it, it was rare. Um, there was one that I had come across and he came up with the jingle, I love Band-Aid brands because Band-Aid stuck on me. And I sent him an email. And within the matter of minutes, he got back to me. And I was like, okay, this is cool. A little kid in Nova Scotia can send an email to someone anywhere in the world, just giving someone some love and kudos saying, I appreciate your work, any advice kind of thing. And then take that and use it for inspiration to keep going. And it was just like a powerful moment for me. So when I thought about this panel and I thought about the opportunity to share my ideas, I wanted to be able to represent for all of those individuals who might go there and might not see too many people that look like me in their space, in this industry and in this, um, in this, lane, of, this line of work. For some people, they'll hear that and they'll think, okay, Ross, that's, that's 
that's whack, like blah, blah, blah. I don't, that doesn't resonate with me. And it's because some, some people never actually have felt alone in an industry where you are the only person who looks a certain way when you walk in a room. And when you do feel like you are the only person, it can be different, right? It can be a different experience. I've gone through it multiple times, so I'm now comfortable with it. And it doesn't really phase me at all. It's not something I think about too often, but for some it does. And for those people, I wanted to show up and I wanted to be there to be able to represent the idea that, look, if I can make it in this industry, you can make it in this industry. Stick with it. Don't quit because it's hard. Don't quit because you can't get a gig. Don't quit because things are getting challenging. Instead, Look at the opportunity, look at the power of AI and throw yourself at it and use it to get a better future. That was my goal. With the key takeaways around diversity and communities, et cetera, for me, it's just like, there's never been a better time. There's never been a better time to be a marketer, period. And this wave of artificial intelligence presents one of the most interesting times, I believe, in modern history. And I encourage people to embrace it, use it, and uh, win on the back of it. I'll, I'll leave this question with one more piece, which is I also talked about a lot on this panel around how how important it is to become obsessed with your audience. A lot of times we go into a boardroom, we assume that our audience is exactly a certain way because we believe that they are this way without actually doing the research. And I think the research is something that is key. You have to spend the time to do the research. You need to go into the communities, go into the spaces and study what they're saying, study what they're talking about, study what their problems are, what their pain points are, and use this information and insights to create something great, create great blog posts, create great ad campaigns, create great videos, great stories, great podcasts, whatever it might be, study the channels. And during this panel, I mentioned to folks like what you're striving for is content market fit. Content market fit is when you have perfect alignment between the content you're producing and the market in which you're trying to influence to a point where every single time you share that story, you share that message, you share that idea, it resonates with them. And when you have that, when you have content market fit, you have magic. And if we can create magic in our work, we can create content that shapes culture. Generative AI is a term that's been buzzing around lately. How do you see it reshaping the marketing landscape? And what are some potential pitfalls marketers should be wary of? I mean, this, this, episode, this episode is the answer. When I think about how it's going to reshape the marketing landscape, this episode is the answer. The answer is in it, right? Where I'm having a dialogue with you. You now, thanks to AI, have the ability to create so many things. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like I don't think that AI is going to do ridiculous wonders for those who embrace the status quo. I don't think AI is going to fundamentally change the game for bad marketers. I don't think it's fundamentally gonna change the game for people who are kind of like avoiding technology. But I think those who embrace creativity, I think those who are actually really good at their business, are really good at marketing, are really good at their field, can use AI to do so much more. There's no question, like the data is already out there. I was reading a study on the weekend and the study took a set, a series of tasks. I think there was like 40 some tasks that it wanted consultants to do. So it brought together a handful of consultants from some of the top firms and it asked these consultants to do these tasks. 
And the consultants who did the tasks using AI were substantially faster than the others. And the quality in the bar was the same. So you're able, if you are good, to be good, but faster. AI doesn't make a good marketer great. It makes a good marketer do good things faster. AI doesn't make a great marketer great. It makes a great marketer able to create things that are great faster. And that, to me, is the most insanely valuable thing about AI. Now, you ask me what are the pitfalls that a marketer should be wary of. The pitfalls are if you do not understand the tool, if you do not understand the technology and how it is used, you are able to subject yourself to inaccuracies, to falsehoods, to, to hallucinations, to getting information that is incorrect. So you need to be cognizant and aware of the tools and the data that is feeding the tools. Because bad data equals bad output. But if you are using a tool that has great data, has great resources and information behind it, if it's leveraging the state-of-the-art technology, you have an opportunity to do some cool stuff. So that would be a big pitfall that I would advise marketers to be wary of. Be wary of the fact that sometimes you might not know that the information you're receiving from ChatGPT or from a various other tool isn't actually what you want, meaning it might not actually be accurate. With the rapid evolution of technology and marketing strategies, how can professionals ensure a consistent commitment to learning and improving their skills? I think this the, the, the way that you approach learning and improving your skills is going to vary from one person to the next. I, I get so tired of reading all of the, the posts on social, and I get it because I was probably that, that guy as well back in the day, where you put out advice around how to stay effective, how to stay productive, how to learn more, how to stay on top of your craft, et cetera. But you don't take into consideration the nuance that everybody's life is different. And because I am willing to accept the fact that everyone's life is different, I'm going to throw in a major caveat that my advice is not the same advice for you that I would give the person next to you or somebody else, right? Everyone's commitment to learning and improving their skills has to be customized and tailored to their own circumstances, right? If I was a single dad who had five kids and just graduated from university, I went back to school, let's say, and I'm working minimum wage, my advice is going to be very, very, very different for that individual. And my approach to learning is going to be very different than the advice that I would give to somebody who is a 22-year-old kid. I apologize for saying kid. I shouldn't say kid. A 22-year-old man who is fresh out of school, who has, let's say, no real obligations outside of a, a relationship, and maybe they're paying rent, right? Like my advice to these two different two people is going to be completely different. Because the 37-year-old single dad, blah, 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 five kids, whole different world versus that 22-year-old that's fresh out of school. With all of that, let me give some insights that I think can work for either group. Because I think you do have to have some nuance when, when asking these types of questions. And that would be, you have to start with your calendar. And everyone's calendar is gonna be different, right? But at the end of the day, you should start with your calendar. And then what I want you to do is identify high priority tasks 
and low priority tasks, things that don't matter that much to you, don't need to be done, won't impact your career, won't impact your work. If you're 22, you might even still be in school. You probably have your classwork that you need to tackle, a few social things, um, maybe a job, and then you have a lot of free time. With all that free time, my commitment would be focusing on learning, reading books, going into communities, trying to build things, uh, going into courses, spending time developing projects, learning how to code, all that stuff. I would go all in. If your calendar is a little bit more jam-packed, you would do the same exercise. But the exercise is going to be more around maybe the weekends, the evenings, early mornings, during school time, during your lunch break at work, those types of things. So my my commitment, my my committed recommendation across the board for all people, no matter your background, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing with your life, is to just start with your calendar. To start with your calendar and try to find time. And once you find time, ignore all the stuff about, oh, you have to do a cold plunge. Oh, you have to take this nootropic, blah, 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 blah. Ignore all of that. Just do the work for a year, two years. And once you do that and you make that commitment to learning, you'll come out of it better than you would have if you had. Were there any standout moments or interactions during the conference that reinforced or challenged your views on the future of marketing? One of the uh, coolest moments that I had was uh, was actually when I when I took a seat in the audience. So I took a seat in the audience and there were two cool moments that I, that I want to, to call out. One was I didn't catch the name of the person who was presenting. So I apologize for that. But someone was given a talk and they shared a slide that was pretty cool, in my opinion. It was a slide that talked about demand creation and uh, demand acquisition. So the thinking here, they called it demand capture. Uh, and the thinking here was pretty straightforward. Like they were just saying uh, specifically, there's two ways to go about it. You can create demand or you can capture demand. Creating demand is things through like publications, white papers, advocacy, podcasts, um, TV, search, social events, conferences, etc. Right? All of these things create demand. They get people talking. They get people excited. They, they build up the demand. And then demand capture are things like search, word of mouth, advocacy, communities, display, partnerships, things of that nature. So the demand is there. You're now capturing it and you're turning it into revenue. I found that to be a very fascinating uh, mental shift because it's the way that we at Foundation operate on a day-to-day -day basis. We create content that drives demand, but we also create content that captures demand. And I found it to be just a, a powerful idea. Um, and then finally, a standout moment was, again, I was in the stage, I was in the audience, and it was shortly after my talk, I, was, uh, I gave my talk, I went off stage, uh, said hello to a lot of people in the green room, chatted a bit, took some photos, etc. cetera. Uh, and then when I was done, Carmelo Anthony, he goes on, he does his thing, and he's talking, and he was talking about how uh, every single day he asks himself if uh, today was worth it. Like if the things that he did today were worth it. And he reflects on that. And I just found it to be a very interesting, simple, but powerful question. How do you envision the role of a marketer changing in the next decade, especially with the integration of AI and a stronger emphasis on diversity? I envision the next decade to actually be a lot more similar to the last decade than a lot of people think. The only thing that I think is truly going to change is that we're going to see more efficiencies changing roles, 
I think we are going to see an increase in diversity. Um, Creative Ladder, which is a, a great program, they showed up in a meaningful way at Brand Week, and it was pretty cool to see a lot of them there. They're doing great work to like increase the diversity within the, the creative agency space. And I think all of this stuff is going to, in many ways, just accelerate the industry. I think the industry is going to get better. I don't think it, AI is going to make the industry worse. I think AI is going to make the industry better. I think a lot of people are fearful, but I think tools like Midjourney, Eleven Labs, et cetera, and so much more are actually going to make our jobs easier and better. And I think it's going to increase the emphasis and necessity of creativity more than anything. How did you get the opportunity to speak at Brand Week? The opportunity to speak at Brand Week came from uh, years of creating content. It really did. It's that simple. They sent me an email, Ross, we have heard you talk. We've seen your stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, Ethan from Purdue uh, and I have been connected on the internet for a long time. He's seen my blogs. He's seen my YouTube videos. And they were just interested in having me share my my uh, my story and share some of my, my thoughts and perspective with the audience. So um, I'm truly grateful of that opportunity. It was a lot of fun. What advice do you hope some of the listeners at Brand Week would have gotten from your talk? The biggest piece of advice that I hope the listeners got out of it would be that AI is not something to be afraid of, and two, become obsessed with your audience. Study them, learn from them, have conversations with them, go into the subreddits, go into the Slack channels, go wherever they are, into the Facebook groups, analyze, study, and learn what they are consuming learn what they are talking about, learn what they are sharing, what they care about, and then use that information to create something great. Lastly, for our listeners who are aspiring marketers or those looking to pivot into the industry, what advice would you give them based on your insights from the talk? Yeah, my last piece of advice for anyone listening to this that is looking to pivot into the industry, um, it would be to build, build your personal brand intentionally. Treat yourself like a CMO, but that you are the brand. Treat yourself like you are the chief marketing officer for yourself. Write an actual business plan for how you're going to get your name out there. Write a business plan on how you are going to tell your story, what your value prop is, what's unique about you, what's your slogan. Create a business plan, marketing plan around you. And if you can do that and you execute that plan well, then you're gonna end up getting exactly what you want. But make sure in that plan, you identify what it is that you want. Your goals should be there, right? Like articulate your goals, where you wanna go, how you're gonna get there, what channels you're gonna specialize in, your focus, set some social goals. I want X number of followers. I wanna generate this much traffic. Set it up quarterly. When are you gonna launch your own personal website? How often are you gonna blog? All those things, create your own roadmap as a CMO of you. That would be my advice for anyone who's looking to break into the industry. Ross, thank you so much for sharing your insights and experiences from the Brand Week conference. It's been enlightening, and I'm sure your listeners have gained a lot from this conversation. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries of marketing and stay curious. Oh, and remember, please be sure to forward this episode to one of your friends or colleagues and go create something great. If you want to know how to create like the grades, let's break it down.